Welcome back to Field Notes by Ag Choice, an educational podcast focused on inspiring growth in our families, businesses, and rural communities. Thanks for listening. I'm Rachel Sadison, and today I'm joined by Leighton Rice. Leighton is the fifth generation at RNL Orchards and Rice Fruit Company in Adams County, Pennsylvania. Leighton is also a semifinalist in the 2022 Farm Bureau Ag Innovation Challenge, sponsored by the American Farm Bureau Federation and Farm Credit, with his innovation STEM Punk, which he'll discuss with us here today. Leighton, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. So Leighton, first tell our listeners a little bit about yourself here. Well, to start off, you mentioned five generations. It kind of depends how you count it. So we actually say it's eight generations. That's uh, when our relatives first immigrated from southern Germany, and that was in late 1700s, settled in eastern Pennsylvania, and made their way west, eventually settling in Adams County. And uh, they decided that the foothills of the South Mountains here was ideal for growing tree crops. So fast forward to 1955, and my grandfather built the first large-scale storage and packing facility here in Gardner's, Pennsylvania. That is when the trade picked up with supermarkets in the cold chain, and that continues today. And we have a lot of large customers. Uh, Most of our markets are in the uh, mid-Atlantic. Our largest customer is Walmart, and we also uh, sell fruit to Lidl North America as a becoming a big customer, and also Whole Foods and Publix. So yeah, I've been working in that industry for 14 years. Pretty much as soon as I got out of college, I made my way into the family business, and I started actually in the orchards. And that is where I first, um, well, I, I developed a love for the lifestyle and interacting with trees and eventually developed my career more at the packing house. So there's, you mentioned R&L Orchard. So the, the larger side of the family business is Rice Fruit Company. And we receive from a lot of different growers. Most of uh, our receipts are from local growers, but we do receive from a fair amount of fruit from New York State, some from Virginia, And just recently, we even started receiving some fruit from Canada. Yeah, so I am currently the quality assurance manager here. I'm sort of make my way into all the all the departments and all the conversations and make sure that everything goes right. I tell the people that work in my department that our job is to look for problems and solve them. And it's not hard to find usually. That's great, Layton. So that that's a perfect segue in here about uh, finding problems and solving them, right? Into talking about uh, your STEM punk invention. So tell us, Layton, you know what is STEM punk, and really, I guess, how did you come up with the idea, and what does it do? So STEM punctures are an, a major quality issue, and so you understand what that is when you the way that you pick apples in the field is. There's different ways of doing it, but um, essentially everyone is picking into a picking bag, which you wear around your shoulders. It's supposed to hold about a bushel of apples, and probably most of your listeners are acquainted with uh, what a bushel is. But if not, you know, it's about the size of a backpack. 
And for apples, it's about 40 pounds of apples. That's the USDA standard. The hard sort of knobby ends of the stems, especially if it's a long stem and if it's kind of stiff, when the apples are bunched together in the bag or in the bin, and a bin typically holds between 20 and 25 bushels of apples, when they're wedged up against each other, that hard edge can pierce the skin on another apple and very often does. So when that happens, the apple that gets punctured is downgraded. I think that's unclassified by USDA standards and really can only be sold as juice. It also becomes an entry point for fungal pathogens and stuff in storage. So, you know, you know, a bad apple spoils the bunch and that kind of disease pressure can accelerate in storage so that, you know, one bad apple turns into 10 bad apples and so forth. So anyway, if you're just talking about punctures, I've seen it, you know, it depends on a lot of different factors having to do with the apples themselves, the crop load, uh, the length of the stem and the shape of the apples, the manner of picking, all these things. But in general, it it can be about six to eight percent of the apples in the bin that have this puncture mark on them. For the longest time, you know, it was just disregarded, I think, by most growers and packers. They just figured, well, there's nothing we can do about it because an apple has to have a stem. Then the age of Honeycrisp came in and that's when, you know, you realize that you could actually charge $3.99 a pound for an apple at the retail level. And that's a lot of money, which is returned even to the grower at that level. Really good prices like that, especially benefit growers with um, the current sort of supply chain model. And so they said, well, we got to figure out a way to, to what, what, what are we going to do about stem punctures? So they started using these clippers, um, you know, and they, they essentially look like, uh, I don't know, the kind of clippers you would use to clip your dog's uh, claws or something like that. It works. However, growers really hate it because it slows you down so badly. Penn State did a study in 2014, which showed that a picker goes when in an hourly setting picking Honeycrisp is going to go from about 15 bushels an hour down to 10 bushels an hour. So that's a 33% loss in efficiency and also about a 50% increase in harvest costs per bushel. And it slows you down really like right in the middle of, of your season at a time when you really can't afford to lose productivity while you've got you know all of your golds and all of your reds and all of your Fujis hanging there and getting tired. You might even have some galas left on the tree. So I thought, you know, I I go to a lot of trade shows. I keep up on new developments and new technologies. And, and some of that is, you know, like forced upon me in my role here at Rice Fruit Company. I'm included in the team of people that um, gives reception to people coming in, trying to offer new solutions to this and that. And some of them are very cool. Some of them are not even feasible at all. But either way, there's a lot of interest and investment and effort, intellectual, technological, everything like that. Um, you know, and, and all this very fancy equipment, you know, I, I've go to field days where you see equipment that costs a quarter million dollars and it reticulates and self-propelled and it does this and that. And it, I just thought, well, there's all this really smart people working on these kinds of things. And why wouldn't, why can't someone come up with a way to just trim the stems on the apples faster? 
I guess just a mixture of boredom and audacity and fearlessness and whatever. I said, well, let me see what I can do. So I don't have the skills really for product development. You know, I don't know 3D drafting. I studied religion in college. So I spent all my time writing papers and reading poetry and things like that. So anyway, I connected with a product developer who is based in Maryland. And that was uh, late summer of 2016, I believe. So here we are more than five years later. And I have a product launch, which we're calling STEM Punk. It was really nice to get this acknowledgement from uh, Farm Bureau. Of course, to have that help initially from AgChoice. We have a long relationship with AgChoice. I would regard it as a side project uh, because I do have this very demanding job here at the plant. It's a fun thing to have on on the side, you know, keeping up with all the challenges. Yeah, that's really neat. Thanks, Layton, for sort of walking us through that about, um, you know, because some of our listeners might not be as familiar uh, with the fruit industry. So I appreciate sort of the discussion on the, you know, the stem punctures and, you know, what you were able to do here with stem punk and, and where you're headed. And you're right, uh, you know, five years later, right, and counting. So uh, it, right. uh, it doesn't end, I'm sure, as far as, you know, continuing to make improvements and getting your product out there and all of that. But it's, uh, yeah, certainly something to be proud of. And uh, yeah, again, congratulations on being the semifinalist of the Farm Bureau Ag Innovation Challenge. So Leighton, if you could tell us, you know, I guess what's involved in that competition and, you know, in your mind, how do you think, uh, you know, the competition will help you advance STEM Punk? I guess it's kind of like a shark tank kind of thing. There, there are other competitions like this and others that I also uh, applied for. But I think that this one is is different because they truly try to honor people who are making making a, a real good effort of say on farm innovation. You know, I, I looked at the other semifinalists and they're mostly from the Midwest. I think there's like three out of Nebraska or something. And I've I've been on group calls with them and and we're all kind of speaking the same language. I mean, we're all kind of like, you know, not loving the attention and kind of shy and more comfortable, say in our roles at home and on the farm and things like that. There's a learning curve there. I uh, certainly am thankful to AFBF and Farm Credit for the prize money. We've already been awarded 10000 so that that was everyone's prize who was qualified as a, as a semifinalist and thinks a chance at the top prize, which is uh, 50000 total. That was very helpful to us. Um, especially to secure the intellectual property. That's another thing that I've had to learn. I mean, I think maybe a lot of your listeners can appreciate that a farmer becomes a jack of all trades, but a special, a specialist of none. But along the way, you pick up all these skills. And, and now I'm, I'm having to pick up skills like how to write a brief to support a non-provisional utility patent and how to research the prior art and also learning how to build a website, manage sales on a website. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a lot easier than it used to be, but even just making content and doing promotion and marketing and having a social media presence, these are all things that I 
don't really like and I'm not especially good at, but at the same time, forcing myself to do it. So I, I picked up all these additional skills. And again, it's, it's, uh, just appreciating the, the daily tasks and not losing sight of, of the goals. And I suppose at some point, if I said this is totally futile and I have to give this up, then I would accept that. But until that happens, you know, you just keep, keep trying to solve the problems in front of you and hope for the best. Yeah, that's great, Layton. And I think your comment there about, you know, <laughs> sort of being an entrepreneur, you, it's gotten you into some things that are maybe uncomfortable for you, right? But sort of built your skills there. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll be excited to, to watch along with you here in January with the Ag Innovation Challenge. You know, I, I guess I'm also question for you here, you know, agriculture in general has been founded on the principle of innovation. And oftentimes farmers and those in agriculture have lots of ideas on how to make improvements to processes and uh, how to do things better. Yeah, that, that, that's what we are in agriculture, right? Like we, we just had a lot of advancements in technologies over the years. So uh, I guess if we have any listeners out there who, you know, have some invention idea or have, have an idea they want to put into place, Leighton, what words of wisdom or advice would you offer to others that maybe you want to take the next step with an innovative idea? You hit the nail on the head. I mean, farmers are natural innovators and whether they like it or not, I mean, every day they're having to adapt to the weather and just, I would say that, you know, the, the, the important distinction there is something that you're, say, tinkering or, you know, you're, you're, you've developed this adaptation that works really well for you on your farm. Or is this something that say really you're trying to tackle some sort of a widespread goal in your industry or, or beyond your industry? Well, that's great, Layton. Layton, I I know it's sort of been a lot of work for you here with uh, STEM Punk, but I agree. I think it's something that's proven great for you to take on and, you know, for uh, the fruit industry in general. And of course, your honor there with the innovation challenge. So I know it's exciting to have Pennsylvania and the apple industry represented in the innovation challenge. And want to let you know, we'll be rooting for you here in January. So thanks again, Layton here for joining the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, plus subscribe and share it with a friend. As always, you can head over to agchoice.com slash podcast to view the transcript and listen to other episodes. To catch all the latest from us, follow along on Facebook and Instagram at agchoicefarmcredit.